Welcome to Speaking in Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me once again, after a week off, thank goodness, Jeremy Finestone here. We're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. And uh, I just want to say, Jeremy, welcome back. Glad you're here. You. Uh, I got a new got hat. <laughs> yeah, and, and we have and we have shows again. We have shows we again. It's been a really long break, but we're back in the ring tomorrow. What do you? How are you feeling? Uh, I am okay. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. First off, thanks to uh, Scott Edwards. Uh, I am not going to get into it, but there has been a lot going on, and I am just very thankful that I was only able to miss one show because it certainly could have ballooned into other things. But uh, not what we're here to talk about. But this is a nice respite to uh, get back, talk about New Japan. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, Stephen, because we like to. We like to treat this as we are informing people who might, you know, be getting into New Japan for the first time. Well, have I got news for you? I'm not sure what these cards are. I've been so busy. So you're going to be telling me these cards, and I'm going to be having fun with the reactions. Uh, maybe it's the way we should do it, because there's not a whole lot to talk about other than, uh, you know, Kevin Kelly. Yeah, you know, we're going to get into news that we knew. News We're going to get into that in a moment. We're going to get into the lineups for the destruction yeah. shows that are starting to come up and a few other things as they go on, including some more New Japan wrestlers in other promotions. It was a fairly big event earlier this week involving a couple that we'll get into. And I wanted to say very quickly uh, to the folks watching live, hello, Brad. Good to see you back. Hadn't seen, like you said, long time there. And Colin, of course, who almost forgot about us this week, but he didn't because Colin's a gamer. He's here for us today. So uh, glad you're here, guys. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you throughout the show. And like I said, we're going to talk about all those things. But first, I suppose the news is what we already knew and suspected and things that Kevin Kelly will be leaving the New Japan broadcast booth. As soon as he got the deal for Collision, you knew this was on the way. Uh, the only question is when instead of if. Here's what we know. Kevin mentioned that uh, as part, you know, he just wanted to be home with his family more. Uh, I don't know what the, the money situation is. My guess is the collision pays a lot more than New Japan does. And, of course, it's, an, it's a better travel schedule for him, not having to be gone weeks at a time across mm -hmm. the world. With that in mind, it sounds like he will also do Wrestle Kingdom this year. It mm -hmm. sounds like he will be doing Destruction in Ryo Goku this year. What we do not know is between that. Will he be doing remote voiceovers for shows that are uploaded later? Will he be doing any remotely uh, live, like uh, Destruction in Kobe, for instance, or anything? Shows that are announced that might require him to be there that, you know, for whatever reason, it's not his place to say he'll be announcing a show that has not been formally announced for him. Yeah, and there, well, as we mentioned on the show last week, there are gaps in both New Japan and Stardom's schedule that could potentially end up being another historic crossover. Mm -hmm. That's not announced yet, but there are gaps in the schedule where that's possible. So there are shows that could uh, show up, and uh, there are shows that could pop up, and we don't know what Kevin is going to be doing and not doing. And as Colin mentioned, the only replacement uh, I want is Ian Riccoboni. Ian's great. Ian's excellent. Uh, I question whether that's going to really work out because Ian does ring of honor doesn't he i mean it, 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 doesn't, isn't he the ring of honor guy that uh, on uh aew's uh well on ring of honor fight club isn't that true they do he does ring of honor there's also there's also a thing that happened this past week uh on a discord on the voices of wrestling discord oh wow. and uh so as there was a on, as long as it's on discord it must be true uh, well, you're off of Discord, and you have reasons for not being on Discord, and this, this is probably one of them. Uh, 
<laughs> there has been some question of whether Ian Riccoboni and Kevin Kelly are uh, on the same page professionally and personally. And yeah. there were comments made by Ian Riccoboni that suggested that perhaps they were not the best of friends personally and professionally. And perhaps there was uh, barriers to opportunities at some point or another accusations that were made that were then screenshotted and shared elsewhere. And uh, that became a little bit of a toxic moment. But hmm. Ian Riccoboni is an exceptionally talented announcer. Kevin Kelly is an exceptionally talented announcer. Their personal friendship or their personal anonymity with each other, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, he would be a fantastic addition to New Japan. I don't know if the same scenario in which he's in Ring of Honor and Kevin Kelly's doing Collision, that there's really any time for them to be doing New Japan. And they, New Japan needs to commit to somebody that is whole cloth committed to New Japan rather than someone that's going to be poached for another promotion later on. Yeah, it's a challenge, isn't it, to find somebody that's really good that isn't tied up. There's so much wrestling on TV yeah. right now, too. And so, you know, and Brad has some thoughts here. This is pretty interesting information here. He says Ian is also on a school board. He's a big family guy, too. Don't think he wants to leave his family for weeks on end. And that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. If you're married, if you have a family, the New Japan job just gets more and more challenging you to You kind of have to be a cowboy. You have to be able to, like, get up and go and be gone and be okay that your life is in Japan. Yeah. And... You know, Ian, I would love there are other former WWE guys that do some independent shows out there floating around. And I know mm -hmm. that everybody kind of bristles when they hear WWE guys. But keep in mind, a lot of them are better when they don't have someone screaming in their ear throughout the entire show, including Michael Cole, by the way, who I'm not Most putting people over are. as a I'm not putting I'm not putting over Michael Cole's a great wrestling announcer by any stretch of the imagination. But here's here's what the point I'm making on that. If you go back and watch the UK tournament when NXT UK kicked off, only Triple H went over there. Vince didn't go. Listen to Michael Cole call that tournament and tell me he isn't yeah. about twice as good an announcer without somebody in his ear as he is with. He, and you know, I'm not again. I'm not saying that he should be the guy. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame. I mean, Corey Graves is a quarter of a bit improved when when is in his ear. So yeah. you know that there's a baseline and an yeah. improvement when the person and, is there or not there. So what I'm saying is, if they bring in somebody who has done WWE in the past, don't say, "Oh Jesus," you know. Keep in mind. Your job when you work for WWE isn't to be a good wrestling announcer. It's to be the wrestling announcer that they want. Mm -hmm. And those are two different things. Yeah. You know, so it, it's two completely different. Michael Cole is you have exactly to be a entertainment announcer in WWE. Michael Cole is exactly what they want. He is doing his job exactly right. He is giving them what they want from an announcer. Mm -hmm. So two different things. And, and someone's skills might be totally different. For instance, I know that uh, uh, Kevin Patrick, is uh, his real name's Kevin Egan? He does uh, soccer on MLS Plus uh, football, Colin. Don't worry, uh, but he does he does soccer on ESP on uh, Apple TV Plus. Excuse me. So he's on some of the MLS packages, and he's totally different. He's a completely different guy on there than he is in in WWE. So uh, you know, if someone does that, we know that there's very little input for Chris and Kevin. They are pretty much left to their own devices out there broadcasting, and it's worked out well for us. So A guy like uh, Larry Dallas might be good, but maybe they might right. they might be looking for somebody completely fresh that, you know. I, I'm a volunteer, by the way, if they if they want to send me over there. I'll do it anytime. You would go to Japan and do like – Are you kidding me? You would, you, would, you would drop everything, your entire life. Oh, I'd move there tomorrow. To so I, 
and you I wouldn't would even have to be involved for a three-year contract. I wouldn't have to be involved in pro wrestling if someone offered me a chance to move to Japan. I'd go like tomorrow. Like here's my bag. I got my I, my passport's up to date. I'm ready to roll. It's okay. that great there. It's fantastic there. Uh, let's see. Colin says uh, when folks like Cole, I always say to them, listen to him commentate the UK tournament. Yep, yep. It's it's a different thing. What they're doing on that is very different. What WWE wants is very different than what we want. And so, uh, yeah, Mauro Ronaldo, for instance, had done New Japan before. He's a name that keeps popping up. But again, when he did it, that was the uh, New Japan uh, Returns uh, show, which was taped. He would go to a studio about once a month with Josh Barnett and record four shows at a time. He was able to do that, but he's got a pretty loaded schedule mm-hmm. with Showtime Boxing and MMA and I, I just don't see him going over there for weeks and weeks at a time and missing out. They on need a company guy. If just yeah. like they just need a guy that's like, okay, I'm in it for the long haul, at least two years, and you know, a contract for two years if it works out. Just somebody that's like, hey, you're the guy, and you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain anyone for more than two or three years with the business acumen and the way that they're approaching it. Because if they're good. Some of the state side will take them. And if they're bad, people ask for a new like announcer and they're not going to pay them too much. Yeah. They're not really a name. So there's a mm. whole lot of, there's a whole lot of factors that come into play here. Uh, yeah. And what do you got? Brad, Brad mentions the cold did an alternate commentary track on the first McFoley DVD. I was, I heard that and was blown away because he was actually good. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky thing working for WWE. It's a whole different animal. And uh, some people can ha- and some people can do it well and some people can't. And, uh, Cole gives them exactly what they want, but he he is better than you think, actually. But again, that, that's irrelevant. He's not leaving WWE from New Japan. Uh, Brad says JR's contract is up pretty soon. Thank you, no thank you, no. And I know he's kidding. Brad's kidding too. But JR was horrible broadcasting New Japan. It was really all. And you know the dirty secret about JR is it's actually been about fifteen years since he was good at any uh, wrestling announcement. He just hasn't been. It's he's he when he once he started just screaming for WWE, it went downhill, and he hasn't been too interested in anything else since and you can hear like some of the and there's a lot of goofy stuff on aew that is for somebody who came up with mid-south and not everything on mid-south was airtight not everything that's a that's a bit of a myth if you go back and watch their show there's some holes in those plots too but let's go with this uh, one right not, here what's dj what, talking about here what's, well we're gonna get to this in a second but you know that the uh but i'm just saying that it that you know jim ross is has, it's no 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 school. i'm not on jim i'm not on the jim ross trade Kevin there are Kelly many reasons any, to say no to Jim Ross. <laughs> DJ Convoy, KK, and any possible KK being Kellen, Kevin Kelly. Any possible controversies aside, I think he's gotten progressively worse uh, on uh, comms since COVID. Too complacent, too comfortable. They get a little sidetracked sometimes, don't they? And th- there's the things that we've mentioned here before, where him kind of crapping on Kato Kiyomiya, and there have been some things where I, I, I think he maybe hasn't gotten as into the current product as he was, perhaps there's some I get things, but I, I don't disagree with you on that. I, I do think that Kevin is still among the best, but he's not at the peak. He was say 2019 or so. I get a little bit of Bobby Euchre vibe to him right now, where it's like when he's just kind of spitballing with the talent that like mm. on the G1 and then, and the people on the, Best the Super Junior when he just had the tour and he was just bullshitting with the guys. Like, there was some fun to it, but there was also that sense of, like, if you're deep in the weeds on these shows and you're just watching everything, yeah. there's almost, like, the sense of, like, okay, 
we all know that he's bullshitting. We all know that like <laughs> there's not much meat on the bone. So we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with this right here. But mm-hmm. when you get to the big shows and the shows that like everyone's watching, like you kind of have to throw that shit out the window and get back to like business. And sometimes I think DJ's right. He loses sight of that. And it's just like, you still want to like pop the crowd. It's like, he's not Taz and he's not at the caliber. He does have a sense of humor. That's a little, dry. <laughs> a little drier. No, I like Taz a lot. I, I ex, Aside from screaming the names of wrestling moves, I don't know what purpose Excalibur serves, except speed reading those promos they feed. Yeah, you know, Taz and Excalibur are like popping each other every every so often. And you're just mm. like, you're catching it. It's like, okay, great. Uh, I don't I'm glad you, glad you guys are having Kelly. fun. Wish I was. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> Kelly lets his hair down, but uh, there there is a little bit of like, okay, let's let's get back to business here. And uh, I validate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could do a little less the uh, calling out to Oscar Loyve all the time, too, like talking to Oscar <laughs> during the broadcast, which I know he does a shtick, but I, I don't know if I need that. I'm going to miss some... it's Jabal Sweet Boy. I'm going to miss oh, well, the, uh... <laughs> He will live forever off that. I call my dog that, actually. <laughs> I, actually I made a mention that. of that to Paul Fontaine, and he just looked at me blankly, and I was oh, like, but, "But," and I was just like, "It's just a random thing." Never mind. <laughs> All right, so more comments because we're getting some really good ones here. Colin says, "A pity Moro Murnau has issues health wise. He'd be great." Yeah, but again, he's tied up with Showtime, and that's a good gig, man. He's he's doing some of the biggest fights in all of boxing. Yeah, I don't. He's not going to give that up uh, to go over to Japan a bunch of times for less money. He's just not going. And he also does MMA, which he loves. So he's got a great gig. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to be changed. Um, making stuff up, particularly during uh, G1, DJ Convoy says, and that he loved him from 2016 to 2019. Yeah. Again, there are some fair criticisms about Kevin. Lenny Leonard would be good, according to Brad Reader. Uh, Dave Prezak is doing good work with GCW and has always been pretty solid. Dave Prezak, he was a hell of a manager for a while there. And, you know, that's not a bad point. That guy can talk. And uh, but I don't know, I don't know about play by play, but uh, I, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of him on co- straight commentary like that. I hope Chris Charlton stays because I love what Chris Charlton brings to the broadcast. Uh, I don't know if Dave does play play by play there. Maybe he does. I don't see a whole lot of GCW, it, but uh, Prezak's so a hell of a weird. talker and a good and a damn fine manager in his day. Too. It's just so weird to think about going into 2024 and having a completely new announced team. That's a yeah. joke. Yeah. And uh, Colin, Taz is garbage on comps now. Well, yeah, yeah. sometimes these guys, I guess, uh, you know, I I like Taz a little more than you do, Colin, but it's fair that they get a little inside, like you said, popping each other out there. And and I have meant said before, so I'm glad you guys are having fun. I wish I were. Let me ask Uh, you this. Yeah. Do you think they just punt English commentary for a bunch of shows and then go back to and just have English commentary for like shows that they know are going to have like, higher visibility or they know Charlton could be there for. They could go a lot of different ways. I think they, they might even go with somebody working remotely. And so that they don't even have to fly them over and put them in a hotel the whole time. I mean, there's a lot of ways they could go. Keep in mind, new Japan is bringing in less money than when Kevin, well, Kevin's been going over, but uh, he's been going over there a lot. But when things picked up on the English commentary track with, Kevin and Chris and all that, the business was a hell of a lot better. It was before the, the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, just paid to bring uh, – Brad wants to him to pay uh, Eddie Kingston to come over and be the color guy to Chris's uh, thing. Yeah, you know, I mean but, – But Tony is paying Eddie Kingston a lot of money to be 10th man on the totem pole instead of just 
shooting him to the moon. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, huh. I mean, I'm sure Eddie would like to do it a little bit, but I don't know if he wants to go. Bro, like, we'll go and do it later, but I was gobsmacked on that finish of that tag match last week. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, Tony has had a lot to think about lately outside of oh, booking his show. That's what it is. <laughs> we are, well, he has. And, you know, there's a... Uh, there's a lot going on there that, uh, of course, I, I'm sorry. I, I, as much as I want to give Tony credit because he's got a lot on, a, on his plate. Yeah, that uh, booking's been nonsensical. always has a lot on his plate. Yeah, he does. And th- it's been less sensical than usual. And it's it, it's usually pretty nonsensical. Sensical. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And after that collision rating, he's probably not feeling any better out there. Apparently, nobody watched that show. <laughs> it's like, that was a rough one on a collision, and football season is not going to make it any better. So we'll have to WWE see. I mean, wait, really, we have past weekend. Everything we've said has been supposition here because we have not heard any leads on anyone. Uh, there's, they're not talking about it. They and since they have Kevin until the end of the year, they might not be working on it quite yet. Too hard. Deep, I'm sure they have a list of people in mind. Deep in the weeds, there are whispers that they already have their guy and it's a name that nobody's heard of. No, oh, okay. so. It's possible. Uh, mm. I don't know anything other than like y- you go to kind of the New Japan subreddit and you go to a couple of these discords and some people are speaking pretty confidently that there is a guy on the way, but it's New Japan well, the- time to... I, you that's know what I mean? Say, like that's easy to say on the internet. Of course, of, there's it, a guy. Of course, there's a guy on the way. Saying. They're not going to not do it. <laughs> that's why I'm saying the internet rumors in the deep corners are saying that like they already have their guy. And it's a name that nobody's heard of. And that's all I'm offering to you right now. (laughs) All right. right. It's not going to be a Kevin Kelly level replacement to replace Kevin Kelly. And that is first and foremost, the thing that we all need to take away from this is that there will be a significant loss unless it is someone like Ian Riccoboni that, you know, like there's a 20% chance it's Ian Riccoboni if it's going to Japan. I got no problem with the Enrique doing stateside shows. Be freaking right. great, you know, with Veda and you know the whole crew. Awesome, but we're talking about Japan, like the the big shows, the things that we're all checking in on, and you know, every week, every month, talk about that big show in Japan. Who's going to be the guy calling it, and whether we're going to be happy with the guy or not happy? And that that's kind of where we're at right now. Just saying, I'm free. So there we go. So, uh, yeah, in the meantime, we have shows again. Shows again start up tomorrow, and uh, the Road to Destruction Tour begins. And we have uh, a lot of shows coming up for the wrestlers, not so many for us on NJPW World. Only a few of these are going to be shown. Now, to be fair, most of the midweek shows are very much house show lineups. So we're talking multi-man tags. And not a whole lot going on there as far as storyline goes. It's going to be, uh, you know, the people that are in the big title matches looking good. I'm sure, you know, the the usual suspects taking the falls in those matches and things. So, uh, but we do have three shows this weekend that are going to be on NJPW World. Friday and Saturday at Corican Hall. So that's tomorrow morning and then Saturday morning. Uh, two shows at Corican. And then Sunday in Chiba, that's going to be the Blue Justice show. That's the annual show that is, uh, well, it's promote, 
Yuji Nagata promotes whenever they go to Chiba, but this is the big Blue Justice show where he's always in the main event. They have something pretty cool for it this year. And so these shows will be on NJPW World with Japanese commentary immediately. Uh, we're not sure when the English is going to be uploaded on there. And then after that, most of the midweek shows are not going to be on World. We'll get one on the 17th in Fukuoka. And then we go to jump to Destruction in Kobe on the 24th. And then, again, skip a few more before going back to Corican Hall for September 30th as we move closer to Destruction at Rio Goku. So, Did you uh, know that that September 8th show is free on New Japan World? Yes, yes, it is. So that's a good chance to look. And there's going to be some interesting stuff on that. And we're going to go through the lineup here. Uh, and I, I guess I'll just read it off to you. What do you say? Let's do it. Show me what you got. First match, uh, we'll just go, well, since we have time, we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up to the big stuff. We'll uh, build anticipation here. First match is uh, Yo and Ryusuke Taguchi against Doke, Doki and Uncle Nobu, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So there you go. And, you know, again, a lot of these are preview tags, not a whole lot of storyline to them right here. Second match, 20-minute uh, time limit is Oscar Loibe, Master Wato, Shota Umino, and Yuji Nagata against Tomoaki Honma, El Desperado, Ren Narita, and Minoru Suzuki. So what we're getting in this one is a little bit of a preview of the Best of Seven series right. that's going to begin okay. this weekend. So Loibe and Hanma are added in on either side, but Wato, Umino, and Nagata are going to be facing off with Despi, Narita, and Suzuki. They have positioned Umino and Ren Narita as a modern version of Nagata and Suzuki in such that they can't be in the same building without fighting each other. And is so it, they're that, paired up. And then Wado and Desperado is in there as you have, you know, the, the new Japan uh, tournament, the junior tournament winner against the, the you know, the classic contender. So uh, everyone's paired off neatly in this. Is uh, Shota and Ren the hottest feud coming out of the G1? It's the one that I'm most interested in yeah I, I would say it is right now uh well i mean you know the the whole idea of naito versus sonata is is pretty exciting but as far as just a few that's where simmering two, two guys, right now like this is just yeah. like this is in your face like this is coming and this is coming like right now especially since we've already seen finlay and tamatanga i'm sure they're gonna have a fine match but we have seen and we've seen umino and ren i guess but it feels a little fresher yeah yeah so they started going into the G1 feuding with each other, and they have come out of the G1 feuding with each other. So they essentially just paused, like, so they could fight a bunch of other people, <laughs> and now they've picked up where they left off, and... Eternal foes. I'm here for it. <laughs> Eternal foes. And that was the story with Suzuki and Nagata, that they would always circle around to one another because they came up at around the same time. And that's what they're trying to tell us here, is that it's a new generation of that. Colin asks, so these three shows are Japanese commentary only. No, what we're saying is right now we know that they're going to be live with Japanese commentary. Uh, when the English is uploaded, we're not sure. But New okay. Japan World lists them as being both in Japanese and English. We're not. It, it might be one of those things where Kevin goes into the studio and records them a couple of days later. I have, a, could be like. I have a super hard time with New Japan World putting up a show for free to introduce people to the product and not having English commentary. Yeah, that's a good point. So we might get that. We might get that. But Kevin Kevin will be in the United States. He's going to be in collision on Saturday. I think Chris uh, Charlton will still be there, you know. Uh, yeah, he, we've done that before where Chris is there in the arena and Kevin's remote and they do the show from... I think they even did somewhere. You know, Kevin was at his house in the United States 
the show was in Hiroshima and Chris was sitting in his, in the, the new Japan studios are in Tokyo, you know, so they've, they've done it a bunch of different ways over time. Third match, Toro Yano, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. So you have Bishamon teaming up with Yano. To Bishimano. Face. Wow. Wow. I bow to your greatness. That was fantastic. And with uh, TMDK and bad dude Tito. Tito back in Japan. Uh, Jeremy, we're thrilled. I think we haven't seen him in a long time. So uh, Big Teets back. I, I, and, I uh, love Tito. He, uh, he had a good showing, a couple shows uh, in the summertime that I saw. And I was like, that dude just needed to get back to Japan. And I'm glad that they've uh, made time for it. And we're going to see a new member of the United Empire also uh, this coming weekend. We'll talk about that when we get to him. But uh, this is a preview of the World Tag Team title match. So TMDK will be challenging Bishamon. So uh, there's very little doubt that, uh, in my mind anyway, that they're going to look pretty good in this match anyway. Uh, we got to get that uh, whole thing over. So TMDK, the challengers eventually to Bishamon. Is, that the, is that the right feud for the tag titles right now? We know yeah, that's we, just fine. Got, we got the World Tag League, and we got some news for that that I can uh, share with you guys later on about mm-hmm. dates and times for that. But uh, I don't know. Are, are, are they tag team champion level, Mikey Nichols and Shane Hayes? Sure. Could you see them with the tag titles right now? I don't think they're, I don't think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think they could. I mean, they like to keep belts in various factions and all that. And there might be a reason why TMDK needs one, but that could be coming in, in another direction anyway. But, uh, oh, I mean, TMDK is a great tag team. I, yeah. I, I don't think there's any credibility gap there. I mean, it, they haven't been in New Japan that long, but they just showed them to everybody through the G1. I don't and, know. Uh, Shane Hayes act during the G1 was hysterical well you know i'm just saying that that i they're a legit really good tag team so they are a fantastic team i did not like his shtick but at the same time you know i just want to know what your vibe was on that i think it's a coin flip for me as to whether or not they keep i I, my guess is the bishamon keeps them but that's a guess so Um, brad reader says though njpw world twitter says the show will be free with english commentary so my guess is that kevin and chris will be working uh well chris might be at in Tokyo, but Kevin will probably be doing it uh, from home, my guess, anyway. Uh, up next, we have another preview here. This is, uh, huh. Huh. well, we have a trios title match coming that we'll talk about. Uh, and uh, here's the preview for this one. Uh, yeah, boy. Kazuchi Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii teaming up with Yudo Nakashima, bless his heart, uh, the young lion in there, against... The team that will be challenging them for the trios titles, that will be Tiger Mask, Togi Makabe, and Hiroshi Tenzan. The match that nobody wanted. And, uh, they're, they're, you know, like I said, they're going to have Satoshi Kojima on the, their side there. So uh, Tiger Mask, Togi Makabe, Kojima, and Tenzan. Again, I'm, re- I'm repeating this. Tenzan, Makabe, and Tiger Mask challenging for the trios titles against Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii. I know where my money is on that one. Where's yours, Jeremy? I, I am going to say that I am with the, the champion side on this one. Uh, they <laughs> can go horribly <laughs> wrong. They're not belting Tiger Mask and Tenzon? Uh, no, no. And I think I'm going to laugh here because I thought it was funny that we have Satoshi Kojima, and I just saw the image for this. Uh, the leader of Bread Club got put into the match <laughs> to oppose Yuta Nakashima, whose head looks like a loaf of bread. Oh, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Uh, and uh, just a real quick note here. DJ Convoy says, I was on 
record on the Big Audio Nightmare calling Haste a dollar store version of Tom Waller. I was you vibing know, that one pretty early. It's like, I got no problem with Shane Haste. I got no problem with Shane Haste in this tournament. But if Shane Haste is just going to do Tom Waller's shtick, you might as well just brought Tom Waller in. Go get Tom Waller. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right there with you, DJ. Right there, there with you. It. So, yeah, I don't think we're going, I don't think those titles are going anywhere. But the next match has the new guy. So what we are seeing here is the United Empire and uh, facing LIJ. So on the LIJ side, usual suspects, Naito, Shingo, Yodosuji, Hiromu Takahashi. On the United Empire side, we have Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, Hanare, and Callum Newman. Now, Callum Newman is, uh, has been on uh, working in the British scene. And uh, what I hear about him, Jeremy, the only thing I really hear about him, uh, not that, uh, let me rephrase that. The thing I hear over and over about him is that he is really quick, like really fast, like quicker than a hiccup type of uh, speed guy. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I, I am not all that familiar with his work. So I'm looking forward to seeing him this weekend. They paired him up with Hiromu Takahashi. So I have no doubt that Hiromu uh, will do his usual job of making any of his opponents look like a star. And uh, I think this is going to work out. But uh, Cal Newman, the latest member of United Empire, coming in to face LIJ tomorrow. Did they vet this guy any better than Drilla Maloney? Yeah, Drilla's been Drilla's been good in his role there. Yeah, oh, you mean, oh, you mean they turned on him? <laughs> oh, you mean they turned Oh, yeah. Well, you know, let's hope so. <laughs> like, they're just bringing in guys and just, you know, like, not doing any background checks on these guys at this point. Just Pardon taking me, the word of Gideon one. Gray, you know. Yeah. This guy's solid. He's good. You know, we got to yeah. throw out a Gideon Gray reference every so often here. Yeah, Gideon fell off face of the damn earth, didn't he? We haven't seen Gideon in a long time. Uh, I am intrigued. Very intrigued. There is a sense, though, that, okay, <laughs> All-Star Junior Festival, Multiverse United 2. I, I kind of just want Hiromu Takashi to, to stop fucking around and, like, start wrestling some banger matches again. Just you know, it's been a while, and it's just kind of like, let's get to it. I don't know why we're cooling our jets right now. I know we got the junior tag league coming up in next month, and he's going to have some feuds. But Cal Newman really impressed me to have him be the guy that Hiromu's feuding with right now because I, I kind of want them to step on the gas a little bit. We'll see how that turns out. And uh, Hiromu has been having good matches, but they've been in Mexico. We haven't been able to see him. <laughs> He's been in CMLL. Uh, he did the uh, double pin with uh, Mistico over there at uh, not too long ago at Arena Mexico. So he's been around. He's been all over the world, really. Philadelphia, Mexico City. Now he's back in Tokyo. So the next one is the title match of the night, and it is for the world TV title. It is Zack Sabre Jr., Facing Bolton Oleg. So this is an intriguing one here. And I talked to Scott about this last week. We both had the same general feeling. I'm curious if you do as well. The original idea for the TV title was to have the sh matches available on social media, Twitter, YouTube, all this kind of stuff. They're going to mention that uh, they also mentioned that the title was meant for younger wrestlers. Now they put it on Zach to establish it. Zach has done a brilliant job doing that. He's wrestled around the world with it. He's wrestled some of the top wrestlers out there uh, with it, had that terrific series with Jeff Cobb and numerous other ones. 
And we talked about whether it is time to go ahead and really pull the trigger on someone that they obviously are treating differently than the other young lions, both in Oleg. And since Zach maybe might be a soon to be UK champion because somebody else might be leaving uh, and has a title match at Royal Quest for, you know, possibility for, to get that UK title. Is it time to move this one off of Zach to someone else? Both of us agree it would be a very gutsy move for Ghetto to make, and both of us agreed he's not going to do it. So Okay, there we go. I was like, nope. Yeah, we just we, we almost talked ourselves into it until we sat there and said that would be so gutsy, they almost certainly won't do it because, again, New Japan very conservative with bringing people along. They're there are only been a few rockets strapped to anyone. Hiromu had one. Okada had one. Not all that many others. It always feels like their crowning moments come after we feel like they should. You know, like, uh, and uh, I have a feeling this is going to be the same thing. I don't know what they do with that TV title though, because I think there is a pretty good chance they transition that US UK title off of Will to Zach. Because Will's got a Will, Will sounds for all intents and purposes think, like he's I think going. You're jumping the gun on all that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just don't think it necessarily happens here with Bolton. But uh, thoughts on this? Does it go, does he does he make does he make the time limit, or is this just going to be Bolton having a good match and losing? I think it's Bolton having a good match and losing. Yeah. yeah um, I, I think there's going to be a like uh, finesse versus power uh, kind of story going. Where you know Bolton's almost catching him, beating the shit out of Zach, but Zach, you know, napalm death, whatever, whatever move that he pulls off, you know, the fair lady of the UK, whatever clever name that he's got, it is going to be a spotlight match. But this is just a random free match. Uh, it's a free show, you know, like they could do it. But it, the semi-main on a card that's the beginning of a tour, what, you're going to have Bolton Oleg, like, defending the title at the end of the tour or whatever? Like, everything is just too early. Like, it just doesn't feel like this is the guy right now to shoot everything to the moon. You save that. You save that for a big fish. And Bolton Oleg is a big guy, but he's not a big fish. Okay. And – uh Colin is asking, when is the triple threat uh, match for the junior title? That is uh, coming off the angle of Multiversity Night and the All-Star Junior Festival. That will be with Leo Rush and Mike Bailey challenging Hiromu. That'll be a great match. And it's going to be October 9th at Destruction in Rio Goku. So Hiromu has some things to do. He can't really do previews because Leo Rush and Mike Bailey aren't over for this part of the tour. So he's going to be working with Kellen Newman in there. And uh, Brad is asking, in your opinion, who takes it from ZSJ? It's a good question. I mean, you know, who who do you think would be a good choice to fill uh, that spot? Shinga Takagi. For the TV title? Yep. Hmm. 15 minute matches with Shingo Takagi all over the place. Hmm. I could see that. It would doing... be different. It would be different than what Zach does. And that's the key thing. Is that if you just do what Zach Saber does with those matches, there's no point in taking the belt off of him. When it's time to switch it up. And time to do like speed matches. I am 100% on board with that. You could also have Hiromu drop the junior heavyweight title and have a 15 minute like sprint matches here or there. You know, one of the junior heavyweight guys, but it seems like a main event kind of title. So if you're going to do that, it needs to be, you know, a guy that's hold at least the never open weight title at some point. 
I don't know if Zach's main evented too much with this thing. He's been on other shows, but I would. How about El Fantasma? I wouldn't make it the first title he held, but uh, I I would kind of. Well, it hasn't been. He's held like the junior title. I would point him in the direction of the never openweight title before I would put him on the TV title path. Mm, Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Shingo's the guy that I kind of like circled of like you could belt Shingo with any title in that in that promotion, and I think that he he revolutionized the King of Pro Wrestling title when he had it. You know, and he went you know up and down, had different kind of matches. If you don't think that Shingo Takagi can just do like these sprint matches and then win or go to draw and then you know have a match that goes longer than fifteen minutes, long, whatever, like that's the kind of thing that I see him doing. I'll toss out another name right here sure. for the uh, title, and and Brad mentions that Hanare could be a solid choice. Yep, yeah, sure could. Another person who's starting to show a little bit of personality is, and also is just on that border between junior and heavy. Uh, yo, if you're going to take a title and again, this TV title isn't necessarily a main event title. It's something that, and they even mentioned it's for younger wrestlers and things. And I, it just is a possibility over there. That might not be a bad choice to try to get him going a little bit too, because they seem interested in doing so because yo has been showing a lot more personality lately. He hasn't been losing as much as he was for a while. It seems like perhaps, uh, just, you know, just kind of spitballing that. Do you right? think they put a one on one of the three Musketeers or the Rewa, you know, the, Yoda, Shoda, or Ren? Yeah, I mean, I thought they were going to. I thought that's who was going to start it off. I thought, you know, I thought that's how they were going to start it off with one of those guys taking it, but uh, they haven't uh, quite done that yet. So it has yeah, the to more be I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I'm putting my money on Shingo, but that's just a random, like, throw a dartboard at the entire roster of New Japan and who would be your guy. He's mm-hmm. high enough on the card, and it keeps the title have, like, value, but at the same time, like, there made sense for him wanting the challenge of doing these 15 minute matches. The main event on the eighth at Corican Hall is going to be a preview of two different upcoming title matches. Of course, one is Sonata and Evil. They'll be on opposite sides. They're partners. Sonata will be paired up with Taichi, and Evil's uh Evil's partner will be the man challenging for the King of Pro Wrestling title, Show. So it's Evil and Show for House of Torture against Taichi and Sonata for just five guys. So, you know, classic uh, just taking two different singles titles matches and making a tag team main event out of it with the world champion involved. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, I don't think anyone in the world thinks Evil's winning that belt. Neither of the few Gorilla Dota for me, bud. <laughs> and we don't know the stipulations for Sho and Taichi. My guess is in some of these previews, things will happen during the match that sure. will lead us to whatever stipulations they offer up. So uh, Evil that... still has Sonata's belt, right? Uh, Did you hear might... about that? Like Sonata went to Impact uh, Emergence and he didn't have a belt because Evil took it. And oh, so no. yeah, he'll uh, probably that will uh, be the story. I think going into it is that Evil is holding Sonata's belt hostage. He'll probably get it back at somewhere on the road there. So that seems uh, logical. Yeah. We will have the road to discretion on Saturday the 9th. We have a card for that one too. I can read it off here for you. We have uh, Satoshi Kojima leading off against Oscar Loibe and a little showcase for uh, Loibe. You know, Kojima, uh, will, who's worked with these young lions quite a bit. Jumping from Yuda to Loibe. Man. Oh, man. Leapfrogging partners. 
second match. Uh, well, that's that's his opponents. Uh, second match, twenty minute time limit. Yo and Taguchi again against Takamichi Noku and Doki. Uh, three guesses. The first two don't count as to who's taking the fall in that one. Uh, oh, here you go. Brahead is saying Shinata, Sonata should come out with the old IWGP belt. That'd be cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. So uh, I heard AEW is going to redo the, some of their titles again. So uh, why not? We already have fifty of them. They redesigned the uh, the trio titles when the House of Black to mm. uh, to uh, the acclaimed won it. They changed it from the dark and, and gloomy belts to uh, belts that basically have scissors on the end. So when you like you take the end of the belt and it's got serrated like scissors, they they take their belt and they all scissor each other with their belts at the very end. I'm kind of there yeah. for the customized belts. I'm kind of there for it. I, I enjoy there's when, money in it, and you yeah, know we're, they're yeah. all about making money. <laughs> no, it, it's a smart move marketing wise, and also it just kind of it, it's having a little bit of uh, the wrestler's own touch to it. I, I kind of enjoy that. I I, I think you start with side plate because then you just create whole belts. Sure. Well, Cena it. had the spinner belt. Daniel Bryan had the wood sustainable belt, which I thought was really funny. Bray Wyatt, God bless him, had the the Bray belt. Yeah, you know, you can you can do stuff like the that. The fiend belt. The fiend belt. The first time I really remember seeing something like that, Jeremy, goes all the way back to remember how the Ultimate Warrior would change the The white color? intercontinental title. Well, he would change the color of the strap to match his outfit. Yeah. That was yeah. that's the first time I remember doing that. Otherwise, belts always looked alike when I was a kid. You know, like they they always stay they would change it once in a while. I remember mm -hmm. when the NWA world title changed, Hulk Hogan went through a few different designs of the WWF heavyweight title and things. That was the first time I remember it changing on a regular basis was, but it was just the strap, not the plates, but anyway, a little belt. Do you think somebody should thing? beat Gunther for the intercontinental title the same way that ultimate warrior beat honky talk man in like 30 <laughs> seconds? <laughs> no, <laughs> that needs to be an epic uh, struggle there. That one right there. But uh, that was a good example, by the way, of how to launch someone. Ghetto, you can like look at that. That was a good launch. I mean, he wasn't a good wrestler. That was a good launch. Uh, the third match there, uh, twenty minute time limit. We have once again a preview of the uh, best of seven series we're talking about. So Suzuki, Narita, Desperado, and Nakashima against uh, Hanma flipping sides. So on <laughs> it's Saturday, Friday at Corken Hall, Hanma is teaming with Strong Style, the, the Suzuki's team. On Saturday, he's teaming with the other side, Nagata, Umino, Wato. So there you have it. Uh, Hanma just trying to latch on wherever he can. Bless his, uh, bless his gravelly voiced heart. Holy crap, that's amazing. <laughs> I it's just saw that. I'm looking at the graphics back and forth like, company man, just wherever you need me, I'll just wrestle. I double-checked it to make sure I didn't do that wrong. I was just like, wait a damn second. Did he? No, that's oh, amazing. Yes. What a mercenary. <laughs> So whatever happens in the TV title match, we'll have a bit of a uh, clash again here. We have the TMDK group of Bad Dude Tito, Shane Haste, and Mike Nichols, and Zack Sabre Jr., so it's an eight-man tag this time, against Bolton Oleg, Toriano, and Bishamon. Bishamano. Bishamano. Bishamano Oleg. So uh, there it is. And then the fifth match, 30-minute time limit, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taichi, and Sanada. So we have three of the five guys against Sho. Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Thank God Yujiro's back. Uh, said oh, you missed him, huh? No. Just uh, just longing your heart for some Yujiro in your life? <laughs> this is something that Scott and I talked about, too. We think that he might be the only bad wrestler on either roster. The only Like, he's the only bad wrestler working for Bushiroad. Deep. 
deep hurt. What did he do to you? <laughs> yeah. Bored me to tears. That's what he did to me. I, like, bored I me look at tears. this graphic and I'm like, Yoshinobu Kanemaru did not look like a baby face. There's actually nobody really <laughs> looked like a baby face in this graphic of Taichi, Kanemaru, and Sonata. And then you got the House of Torture. By the way, my fantasy football team name in our in the fight game media team, mm. take it to the house of torture. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got to say, that's pretty good. Uh, the uh, the one that, uh, uh, the funniest one in my, my girlfriend's league, I don't play fantasy yeah. football, but my favorite one in my girlfriend's league is unsolicited Dak picks for Dak Prescott. I enjoyed that one. So the, uh, but, you know, we have this one. Uh, by the way, I just got it. There it is. <laughs> Uncle Nobu, by the way, having uh, his influence is still being felt in stardom. And what I mean by that is not too long ago, there are the Oedo tie, the heels in stardom, blow mist. You know, the, the traditional uh, pro wrestling mist thing. Well, Natsupoi, having teamed up with uh, Uncle Nobu at Historic Crossover last year, did the whiskey blast in the face uh, to uh, get out of that. And uh, she just did it again in uh, the five-star Grand Prix where she... Uh, grabbed a whiskey bottle and uh, ducked the mist and spit it in the face. I think it was a uh, Natsuko Toro. Collaborative effort. His influence still being felt. Uncle Nobu, a, a real trendsetter in pro wrestling. Uh, next, we have the title match of the night here in uh, the second night at Corican Hall. This is the never open weight six-man tag team title match I talked about earlier. So it's Makabe Tenzan, who got surprisingly over for a little while there during the <laughs> during the tournament uh in the end that weekend there uh at the g1 people love a little uh, nostalgia act there of tenzon so he's got a title match with tiger mask against ishii tanahashi and okada and uh, this obviously this should be an easy uh you would think you would think an easy win for the chaos team unless there's some sort of angle coming out of this i can't okay i thought they were gonna angle back in may when they were facing the team of strong style for the title no, you're right i don't I don't necessarily think anything's happening to embarrass Okada until Okada has yeah. whatever dream match is going to be happening at Wrestle Kingdom. It's no, just I agree with you. I agree with numbers. you. Tanahashi may get pinned at some point. Ishii may get pinned at some point. Whatever. I don't think this is going to be the night for it. But whatever happens for Okada is just going to be, you know, just look at Wrestle Kingdom. That's the big. That's the big fish at the end at the in the pond that we're looking at with. with this is a pond. really weird title match, though, isn't it? It's really weird. The never. T- it's a match to have because they're just like half the guys are injured, half the guys mm. are recuperating from the G one. We're three weeks removed. They're throwing a bunch of guys in here that you know, frankly, are fresh. If anything at all, they got great reaction at the. G1 finals or whatever. They're like, fuck it, let's strike while the iron's hot with these guys. And so here we go. If they win, we're going to be having a completely different conversation next week. I don't think we're having that conversation. I'm not too worried about it either. And the main event on Saturday is an elimination match. So this is an all-skate. And uh, we have uh, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Yoda Suji, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, so all of LIJ, basically. Not involving Titan, who's still over in Mexico. Facing the UA, UE contingent of Callum Newman, Hanare, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Osprey. So Osprey back in uh, Japan. He is working the run up to uh, Destruction in Kobe, and then he's wrestling at Destruction in Kobe. So far, he is not on the house shows after that, leading up to Rio Goku. Just saying right now he's not showing up uh, after a COVID. He, he seems to be going back not around for the shows that uh, quote coincide with wrestle dream 
Seattle. Yeah, and he's about the only one. Uh, uh, Bishamano, the other two that right now are not uh, in the. What's that? Zach Saber Jr. and TNT exactly. are also, yeah. uh, but they're they're all over the place, all over Ring of Honor. I don't know if that's really a special deal to have them yeah. on an AEW show. But it's also when he's going to another show and he, he got another promotion and he potentially shows up in, you know, Ring of Honor and AEW. Better to have the belt on him than you know Bolton Oleg, who ain't going anywhere with that belt and showing that belt off to something to go after. That's still yeah. the other reason that I'm just like, mm, I don't think uh, I don't think Owen's the guy. And, you know, who could be a guy comparable to Scott Kipper Jr. showing up? A guy like Shingo or whatever. Or I'm, not, I'm not really sure this wrestle dream actually has anything to do with Antonio Inoki. I think he remembered that Antonio Inoki died on October 1st afterwards, and he probably just thought of it on the way to the press conference. There's really I no, there's really no want a Rambo on the show. <laughs> Road to destruction. You can mute me anytime. <laughs> Blue Justice 13 uh, will be Sunday, September 10th. That is in Chiba, of course, the Togane Arena. And uh, this is the show that is promoted and starring Yuji Nagata. They do this every year. And uh, most of the time when they're in Chiba, he promotes the show. Yeah, that's where, you know, that's, that's where he's from. So uh, he's uh, a really year ago that Blue Justice happened. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. No, I think it was. I, I don't think it was that long ago. There's one every year, but I don't think it's like on a specific date. But uh, yeah, this this is the 13th Blue Justice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so here we go. Uh, first match, 20 minute time limit. We have Oleg, Tiger Mask, Makabe, and Tenzan against uh, not the uh, not the six man tag champions. This is against Loibe, Nakashima, Honma, and Kojima. That's the opener there. Uh, obviously, uh, Nagata is going to be in the main event there, but uh, that's the first match. So, I second match. I think with them opening, kind of gives away that they may, may not be winning the titles the night before. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, Yano and Tanahashi team up. Uh, so, you get that whole, uh, was it uh, Toru and Hiroshi, the manga uh, pairing against Yo and Ryusuke Taguchi. So, that's uh, the second match. <laughs> Big baby face match. And uh, here we have Ishii, Yoshihashi, Goto, and Okada. So a different version of the uh, of the uh, Chaos group there. Uh, we have Bishamon with Ishii and Okada. Pure Chaos, not uh, no Hantai guys in there. Against TMDK, Saber, and Bad Dude Tito, which low-key might be a hell of a good match. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, this is one of those matches that, you know, especially getting Ishii and Bad Dude Tito, they've been in there and mixed it up a couple of times. And that's one of those mean guy face-offs that you get. Uh, she also, he had a gnarly match with Mikey Nichols at the G1 that people uh, <laughs> did not enjoy or did not recommend going out of your way, but uh, legitimized Nichols in a lot of ways, I would say. So this one, this one could be a little messy. And uh, yeah, then uh, as Brad mentions, Ishii and Bad Dude Tito squaring off for big teats. Sorry, I, I would hate to miss <laughs> hate to miss an opportunity to say teats. On Get the it other. right, <laughs> Ishii and Big Teats squaring off will rock. And yes, it will. Those two are, are fabulous. Uh, so the, that'll be a nice little match up there. I'm lo I'm looking forward to I, of all the matches over the course of the weekend. One of my the ones I'm most looking forward to right there. Uh, fourth match, 30 minute time limit. Bushi, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito against Hanare, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. Also, ought to be pretty decent. Bushi. 
Yeah, nice it's, not, it's, not, it's not looking good for Bushi in that one, is it? Not looking good. Nice knowing uh, you, buddy. Really, yeah, it's it's so hard being the only guy not protected in a faction. It's really tough. Uh, and then we have Callum Newman and Will Ospreay against Yoda Suji and Hiromu Takahashi. So the heavyweight clash, Ospreay, of course, and Suji. That's a preview of their match. Callum Newman and Hiromu Takahashi paired off with them. So uh, no doubt that'll be a lot of fun to watch. I feel like they just want to show off Callum Newman. They think they got the yep. goods with them, and it's just like, all right, buddy, let's go. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I am excited that they are just putting him in the middle with Hiromu Takahashi. But, you know, with all the different things that he's got going on, I'm not sure what the focus, what we're supposed to look at with him. Are they going to end up making this a four-way? You know, you know, have Leo Rush pin Callum Newman for the title and then have Hiromu chasing him? That's something that they could do. I mean, they, they might just have Callum Newman over there because they couldn't get Leo and Mike for this swing of the tour, and you just have oh, to pair, yeah. you have to pair her Hiromu up with someone for a, yeah. a while. So there might not be anything more to it than, uh, hey, we heard this kid's pretty good. We'll give him a look. You know, that, that really could all probably be it because they do have. Remember, after Kobe, they have another couple of weeks of house shows where the cast changes a little bit. And some of the guys go back and other people come out. So uh, after the that, we have the sixth match, Doki, Kanemaru, Taichi, and Sonata. So four of the five guys against uh, Dick Togo, Yujiro Takahashi, Sho, and Evil. So again, we're going to be seeing a lot of these tags with Taichi and Sho, Sonata, and Evil on opposite sides as we build toward those two title matches. Yeah, this is uh... – not not what I'm here for again, but yeah. it should it should be fine. You know, yeah. like they're passing the time. The way that I look at it with Sonata is he is going through all of his best of like feuds and people and things. You know, he'll probably end up having a match with Shingo at some point. He's got the match with Evil. He's going through Naito. It's gonna be an LIJ best of tour for a bunch of this. And you know, it's like if you aren't prepared for the fact that Sonata's just going to be running through all these guys, that's what's going to be happening for the next four months. And it starts with the evil. I'm thankful that they're getting it out of the way now. The main event is the first of the best of seven series between the team of Master Wato, Shota Umino, and Yuji Nagata against Ren Narita, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki. Of course, Nagata in the main event of his Blue Justice show. And uh, yeah, this is the first of a best of seven that I'm looking forward to watching. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about these matches. I have little doubt it will go to all seven and wind up back at uh, the big destruction show. But uh, that that's like the way these usually work in wrestling, isn't it? <laughs> uh, if, if pro wrestling booked tennis, everything would be a five set match. These guys would be exhausted. I, who, what team would you have win this? Hmm. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> I really don't. I I think my guess is strong style. And here's the only reason I'm getting the only reason. And I might, I might talk myself out of this in a week, but the minor story, the side story to this is Minoru Suzuki calling Ren Narita a little weak coming through the G1, right? He just kind of says, ah, you know, he just kind of takes it. He doesn't stand up for himself. I think the story might be that in the end, Narita comes through and shows, because this isn't a story of, it doesn't come off as a story of Suzuki getting ready to turn on him. Mm -hmm. It comes through as more of Suzuki trying to motivate him. That's the way it comes off to me. So 
with that little side story going, I think that we might end up with Narita coming through for the strong style team and Minoru either shaking his hand or giving him a forearm shiver or something like that. And just saying, okay, you know, maybe there is a spine in there, uh, that type of thing. That's what I've been looking to see. I think that might be where it ends up. I think you're probably right on that. I would be surprised if Yuji Nagata isn't standing tall in the middle of the ring at the end of the blue justice show, which is the first match of this tournament. Sure. I also think Strong Style potentially wins this, but when we get to a singles match between Shota and Ren afterwards, Shota wins that singles match. So everybody kind of gets a takeaway out of it. That kind of that kind of reads right to me out of the whole like the feud between the three between the, the three on three. Do you agree with me that this is headed towards some sort of special challenge match at Kingdom between those two? I think Ren and Shota at Wrestle Kingdom is is likely, if mm. not guaranteed. Yeah, and uh, some just some uh, housekeeping here. Brad mentions that Leo Rush is working with Impact this weekend. Victory Road tomorrow against Kushida for the X Division title. That'll be good. Uh, which I'm going to, and then Impact's 1,000th episode on Saturday. So yeah, again, Callum Newman might be just there to fill the roster spot because they can't get the challengers quite yet. So that might be kind of. I had wondered if Kushida would be a guy that they'd pull for Wrestle Dream with the New Japan like stink on him, and uh, I don't even know if he's a big enough name anymore to to be that kind of pull for the show. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, again, I, I think that thing, saying it's devoted to Inoki is kind of a Tony Khan brain fart more than anything else. <laughs> because, I mean, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have booked, you know, you wouldn't have done it on a day when they were so booked up, you know, all that. So I, I think that was kind of a throwaway thing for, from Tony. So I got a question go. for you before we go forward. Did you catch okay. this uh, Julia title match against Risa Sarah? I haven't watched it yet. I, I am up to match four on that show from this past weekend, and okay. uh, but I had to cut it off to come do this. I didn't even realize that she had a title defense. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you knowing that it happened, you have a leg up on me because I wanted to know if you knew anything about it because it's a New Japan strong title, and she had her third title defense. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, Risa Sarah is not a full-time uh, stardom worker, so I mean, Julia retained, of course, you know, yeah. but you know, pretty good match there. Is from what I heard, I, I haven't seen the match yet, but it was per, more of a placeholder title defense before she gets to Las Vegas on the 25th when I will be in attendance. And I guess Brad will be at the big uh, show, uh, t- uh, what is it, Saturday? I guess, isn't it right? Is that what he do said? Do you get uh, worried? That no, tomorrow, the, uh, tomorrow against the key, uh, do you get worried that the Julia and Mercedes Monet match might not happen with Mercedes <laughs> showing up in London? A little bit, a little bit. I, I hope that that deal is already done uh, for whenever it is that she can do it, uh, whenever it is Mercedes can do it. But keep in mind, I mean, we don't know what we don't know that Mercedes has a deal with AEW, although I don't think they would have shown her if she didn't. But we don't know what it is. I mean, she could be just doing a couple of dates for them. I mean, right now, being a free agent has worked out pretty damn well for her, aside from the injury, of course, but sure. uh, which could have happened anytime. That That's not to do with being a free agent. But uh, showing up when she wants against who she wants and getting paid huge money for it, that's not a bad way to live your life. Ah, she's, she's a wanted woman around the world and Tip my cap to her. You know, it seems like with uh, one Bill Phil, 
gone from <laughs> AEW, there might be plenty of money to be paid elsewhere. Yeah, they do have a little bit of uh, we do have a they little might, bit of cash. They might be able there. to get an edge in the market for talent that is not working elsewhere. That's one way to spend a lot of money for. Yeah, I mean, you could. That would be a way to spend money. Is bringing. In I feel like show. you don't even know me. <laughs> oh boy, the the Edge Christian reunion. Jesus Christ. Well, I, <laughs> uh, all right, I'm getting a headache. Let's move on. Uh, we have <laughs> Nagaoka on Sunday, September third, in front of 1,560 people. I'm bringing up this show. This is an all Japan show in Nagaoka, but it features some New Japan stars now. Satoshi Kojima won the Royal Road Tournament. That's a little bit like the New Japan Cup, Jeremy. It's a single elimination tournament they have every year, and the winner gets a shot at the Triple Crown title, similar to how the winner of the New Japan Cup gets an IWGP World Title shot. They put over Satoshi Kojima in this, uh, and you know, I guess they, I guess they just don't have a ton of faith in a lot of their normal. But all Japan going through a rough patch, Jeremy. I, I bring this up because. They have been working shows in Shinkaba First Ring. That's where they've had a couple of them. I don't know if you know, and of course I am a venue nerd when it comes to that stuff. Shinkaba First Ring holds about 150, 200 people at the most. It is a very small venue. It used to be where Stardom did a lot of their shows. Stardom's too big to go there anymore. Like there are shows in Tokyo or at Korokan. So uh, it's, you know, all Japan not exactly packing them in. So they put over Satoshi Kojima maybe to sell tickets uh, to uh, this show here in Nagaoka. But in the end, he did not win the Triple Crown title. Of course, Yuji Nagata was the Triple Crown champion until pretty recently. And I mentioned here Satoshi Kojima last week spent many years in all Japan pro wrestling. He left when New Japan went in an MMA direction toward the end of Inoki's run. Uh, That was when... Companies like Pride and K1 uh, were doing enormous numbers in Japan. It was kind of a fad. It turned out to be a fad. It really uh, didn't last in uh, Japan with that. But for a while, it looked like that's where the business was heading. At least Inoki thought so. And he started to incorporate a little more MMA into New Japan for some people's tastes, including Kojima's. And he and Kaiji Muto left and went to All Japan. So uh, he spent years there. So he, he does have a long history with All Japan. He's held the Triple Crown title before. He's held the tag team titles there before. So they put him over in this tournament, but he lost to Yumo Aoagi in 18 minutes and 12 seconds in the main event of that show in Nagaoka. But the show in Nagaoka drew 1,560 people. So fairly strong turnout considering in Tokyo, they're running Shinkaba first ring, which holds a couple hundred. Jeez. So they're... Not not pulling the numbers that they could be. That that's what it's like down in Japan right now. Everything's down, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, stardom's not, but that's right. about it. Uh, but all the know, but all the men wrestling is not hitting the levels that it used to. Yeah, and, and we saw a couple of things. It was a mixed bag, wasn't it? The G one because some of those early shows in the G one were. Yeah, we had a conversation trouble. about it where you were talking about these numbers and like, show troubling it's not there. But, but then the the last bit, the the I mean, it is the G1 finals and things. Those were strong. Like the right. numbers were strong leading up the, the the block finals and then the finals. But even the, the match, even the show with Okada and Osprey, yeah. uh, with their match, like it didn't sell out. No, it did not. No, it it did not. So, 
you know, there are certain things that, you know, you wonder, you know, wonder what it is. And I mean, the economy in Japan's not that great. You know, it's a pretty weak yen and things like that. So there's, there are always a lot of factors and stuff like this. The only company that seems to be steadily growing is, is stardom at the moment. And, uh, but Colin has some stardom related thoughts. We're going to get to, he says, can we please get the IWGP belt off Mayu Iwatani, please put it on someone who's willing to go overseas to defend it. Well, I think that's what the strong title is for yeah, now. They, and and it's, I'm puzzled by it too. I don't understand why there's two different belts. I don't understand why there's two different belts, Uh, you know, but uh, it does seem like the IWGP women's title is staying more in Japan and the strong title is the one because Julia has a strong title. She's going to Las Vegas. Mayu's not. Uh, as as it's like right you now. put the meme of the the two belts, the strong belt and the IWGP women's belt in a yeah. meme, and then you have another person say it's the same belt. So I don't think Mayu is sitting there just going, "No, I'm not getting on a plane." Uh, I don't think that's what's happening. I think for whatever reason they've just decided that that belt stays. Uh, and you know the the funny thing is they used to have a belt that Mayu gave up, retired the SWA belt, and that's a belt in Stardom that was. Uh, the idea, the concept of it was you had to be from a different country to challenge for it. So what that did is it would bounce it from foreigner to a Japanese wrestler to a foreigner to a Japanese wrestler, and they could kind of make new foreigners that way. They would come in and win that belt. And, and, and you know, Mayu had that for a while, and then the pandemic happened. They didn't have any foreign wrestlers coming in, so they just kind of retired it. And that's almost what the IWGP women's title is kind of filling that spot of another singles belt, which they don't necessarily... They should, they should create a scenario where they have Mayu, whoever has the belt, versus Julia, whoever has the belt. And the winner has the takeaway, goes everywhere with two belts, because that's all the fad. And yes, you're going everywhere that stateside, and all of a sudden you're a Japanese wrestler with these two belts that look completely different. All of a sudden your mystique is elevated because when you have both of these belts and two different people, surprise, you don't really have a belt because they they just feed off of each other. Yeah, and it's I'm curious to see also because there's another NJPW show in Garland, Texas, in the Dallas DFW November 10th, right? Metroplex area, November 10th, which is only a couple of weeks after Las Vegas. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to that one. I might, uh, but because uh, I'm down here in Austin, that's only a few hours away. But, uh, you know, I, w- but nothing's really announced for that one. We've got names for Las Vegas, and Julia's one of them, but nothing really announced, much much announced for the Texas show. So, I, Well, that you know, takes me into, no, never mind. That actually does not interact with each other because i was gonna say the i don't know if you talked about it last week but the super junior tag league dates mm-hmm. have been announced and then the world tag league dates have been announced yeah go and ahead I'll, what do we got on that and i'll let you know that those right now the super junior tag league is going to start on october 21st and there's going to be 10 dates that are going on that ending on november 4th okay the world tag league which is what the title of bishamon holds Mm-hmm. That is going to be, ooh, I think, like 16 shows starting mm-hmm. on November 20th and ending on December 10th. So a lot mm-hmm. of tag teams have we got 16 shows for yeah. the World Tag League. That's, that feels like – that sounds like two blocks, doesn't it? That sounds like a lot of tag teams. We might see Aussie Open back kind of thing for that one. Uh, the, I love the, it. There, there is a lot of roster spots to fill for something like that. You know, we may end up seeing Tanahashi and Yano as a tag team around that time. You know, Okan and Hinari. You know, all these guys that, you know, we're finally going to fill out 
the Wrestle Kingdom roster at that point. We're going to know the majority of the card by the by December 10th. But that's going to put a bow on it. And then they're going to go quiet for a couple weeks. And then they're going to go into overdrive after Christmas. I'm hoping right now we get Yoda, Suji, and Shingo as a team. 17 teams, one block. Whoa. Brad says 17 and one block. That's aggressive. 17 teams. How the hell do you do? I guess everybody gets a night everybody, off. Everybody has a different night. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, All right. You have, you have one block, but you have one tag team each night has a bye. Hmm. And, then, off, yeah. and then eight tag teams per night, and then you go back. Ah, okay. 17 events and 10 teams. Oh. Okay, now we're... <laughs> that I makes a lot make more sense. It, but I was wrong. No, no, no. Well, no, we, we had, we had, uh, yeah, we had, now we have the information. So it's 17 events with 10 teams. So they're just spreading the matches out a little okay. bit amongst those. Things. All right. Well, I, I, you know, Shingo and Suji, I just asked that. That's, that's my only request for World Tag League. I'd like to see that team. Uh, the so other thing, yeah. by the way, uh, Hiromu Takahashi has been traveling the world. He wrestled a special match at Nagaoka and defeated Rising Hayato, uh, 14 minutes and 40 seconds there at Sushi Onita was on that show too. So Anita began his career in the very early eighties with all Japan. Then of course became the, the Japanese hardcore legend with FMW and the famous match at Kawasaki stadium against Terry Funk in front of tens of thousands of fans blowing each other up and carving each other up with barbed wire there. That was at Sushi Onita. And uh, even at his advanced age, he was on that show too there. So in a multi-person tag, I'm sure he only did a couple of things, but uh, so some, uh, some, New Japan talent and big names from the past brought out to draw that 1,500 people. So you got some new names for your show in Vegas that you're going to. Let's hear them. We got Satoshi Kojima, Fred Rosser, Hikaleo, ELP, Alexander Coughlin and Kidd are going to be there. O'Cobb, Great uh, Jeff Cobb is going to be there. (laughs) Great O'Cobb. The Great O'Cobb. I'm sure that would be a great name. tag team. That's a great That's tag a team, team for the World Tag League. The Great O'Cobb. The, the Great O'Cobb. Uh, also the name of my corn restaurant. Filthy, West Coast Wrestling Crew are all going to be there. Danny Limelight, mm-hmm. Royce Isaacs, Jor-El Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure with the Super Junior Tag League going on at the same time. Exactly how many go- guys on there, but at the same time, how many people are coming for the Junior Heavyweight Division of New Japan? For, for this show. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it October 28th. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm fired up about it. I haven't been back to Vegas in about over a year. So I'm excited about going back and catching that show. And, uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, be neat to see. I think I'm the fourth, fourth or fifth row tickets. So should get a good view of it. That's not a very big arena that, that Sam's town live, uh, venue. It's not, uh, very big. And I mean that in a good way. It's, it's just kind of, you know, raked and it's, it's not, there are, it's not a gigantic building, so everybody there should not be a bad seat in the house. So I have a prediction for you. Let's hear it. You're going to get your money worth. <laughs> there we go. I probably will. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And uh, before we we move on here, that we just wanted to run down the title situations again. We know that the IWGP World Heavyweight title, Sonata versus Evil, will be at Rio Goku. Finlay and Tamatanga for the Never titles. That will also be at Rio Goku. Those are October 9th. The UK-US title that Will Ospreay holds, that one is Destruction in Kobe, September 24th. And Zack Sabre Jr. has made overtures about challenging the winner at Royal Quest 3 in October. 
Uh, let's see. Zach Sabre Jr. again against Bolton Oleg for the TV title. That is tomorrow at Corican Hall. Um, no, okay. And we got this one here. Uh, USVA guy says, uh, we'll see you there. Come see me at the Team NJPW USA booth. Oh, cool. I think you have a date with the uh, NJPW booth, my friend. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I, I, I will tell neat. you this. Get in line early. <laughs> well, yeah. I know. It's a pretty popular joint. And then uh, Taichi and Sho will uh, face each other for the King of Pro Wrestling title. Uh, we don't know any stipulations for that yet. Uh, and then we have B. Shimon and TMDK. Uh, that's in Kobe, September 24th. Trio's title we talked about will be this coming weekend. And then another one, two more for Rio Goku. Uh, that Rio Goku show is loaded. Uh, junior heavyweight title, Hiromu Takahashi, Leo Rush, and Mike Bailey. Whew, man, I can't wait. And then the junior heavyweight tag, Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors against Kevin Knight and Kushida. That will be at uh, Rio Goku also. And uh, for the NJPW Strong title, I don't think we have anything officially for Eddie Kingston yet. Uh, but uh, he... Uh, not long ago, defeated Wheeler, Utah on Dynamite to defend the he title. He should be orbiting with Hinari, right? Right. That's the thing. But we don't know when that match is going to come. But it'll it'll be there. It'll it, Maybe that one's for Texas. Who knows? I, I, don't know. I don't know. I would not be shocked if that was at WrestleDream. Oh, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe, maybe, so. That, maybe they do that. Because I don't know when they're doing Claudio versus Eddie Kingston, which is obviously the match that they need to do at some point. Sure. Uh they don't have another Ring of Honor pay-per-view until December. Hmm. It would ideally main event a Ring of Honor pay-per-view in December. Can you keep this going for another three months and be compelling between Claudio and Eddie? Yes. Do I ideally want that to be the case? Absolutely not. Uh, the NJPW Strong Tag Team titles will be defended at uh, Rio Goku on the 9th. That's El Fantasmo and Hikaleo challenging Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin. Uh, let's see. Uh, the uh, Mayu Iwatani does not have a current uh, IWGP women's title match uh, in the future scheduled. Uh, and, of course, we don't know who Julia's opponent will be in Las Vegas either. So, uh, And then, of course, a side note, uh, we have the best of seven. And then the title shot briefcase match uh naito against jeff cobb destruction in kobe so uh that's what's coming up i'm excited like there's some good stuff I, in there there's i have good stuff. missed new japan like as much as i love the g1 the g1 is a different beast like we have i was thinking about this the other day when i was getting ready for the show and it's like you got two halves of new japan You've got Wrestle Kingdom to Dominion with the New Japan Cup in between and a little bit of a chase going from point A to point B with the title hunt and the makeovers and whatever you're going to do to just like reset the year. Then you have the G1. Then you're setting up G1 to Wrestle Kingdom. And then there's like this four-month period where it's just like, okay, here we go. We're just going to burn off some fugue. We're going to have people wrestling with each other, maybe – give you a payoff to a thing you weren't even asking for, like the end of Suzuki Goon last year at 2022. But this is a really interesting time for New Japan because it's just kind of like, okay, you can you can really go hard and have some interesting feuds and stuff, or you can just sit on your ass because either way, people are going to be showing up for Wrestle Kingdom unless you have some really hot stuff going in ahead of time. 
Yeah. And let's see, we have uh, Brad saying that he would not be surprised to see a Momokogo match added to the Vegas show. She comes in since she can translate for Julia. It's a very good point. They've used Momo over here a lot, so she's familiar to that audience and uh, would be a match that Julia could win. And it would probably be pretty good because Momo's talented. Uh, I mentioned before, Momo is uh, almost the Bushi of stars. That faction over there is it's just such a loaded friggin' faction. And someone has to do the jobs for it. And now that Hanan's getting pushed, it's uh, poor Momo is the one that has to take those losses, but really talented wrestler. So, and we saw that because she had, she was good against, uh, what was it against Willow, right? Didn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Willow beat her in that uh, the tournament before she got to Mercedes. So, yeah. that's a good point. I would, I'd like to see that. That'd be good. So what else we got? What else we got to cover? Any news or notes or anything? Nah, like well, I, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, are we doing it? Are we doing nah, it? We're doing it. We <laughs> kept mentioning that you know you talked about Toru Yano yeah. and the Clown Prince of New Japan. And I mentioned that I kind of missed the old ultra-violent Yano. Murder Yano. You were wondering about a little more information on the guy. So I put together a little something. Would you like to hear about how to talk to murder Yano? Let's do it. So he was born in Tokyo, and he was a uh, Greco-Roman wrestler. And he won amateur titles at Nihon University. Now, Nihon University is one of the leading private universities in Japan. So he's a pretty sharp cookie actually. And uh, you would know that if you follow him on social media, he has a lot of interests. Uh, seems like a pretty erudite guy right there, but uh, there is no equivalent as far as an Oxbridge in England or a Ivy league in uh, the U S to, to Japan, the educational system just worked differently, but the college he went to is not for dummies. Like you have to be pretty smart to get into that one. So a uh, smart guy and a good Greco Roman wrestler. And, uh, you know, and, uh, oh, Brad also just mentioned that, uh, the rumors of Stephanie Bacare will be taking on Julia. I'm in for that too. She, yeah. uh, she acquitted I think herself. They were talking well. about Momo Kogo having a match as well. Okay. As, uh, as oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So not that Momo would be challenging, but she would no, also be on the show. She would, okay. she would yeah. also be on the show. Come way, shape, or form. Good deal. So Yano began training in January of 2022. Uh, so, uh, he debuted in May of that year. So again, this was uh, not the usual young lion path. He came in and debuted only a few months later. It was on his 24th birthday. So he graduated college and everything. He lost to the blue wolf. It was the, the guy that he was around. He was around for a few years. Blue wolf was, and uh, his early opponents were Katsuyori Shibata, Kenzo Suzuki, El Samurai, one of the great junior heavies of the time, Hiro Saito, uh, so he was uh, thrown in there with some decent wrestlers, but his first win didn't come until September twenty, uh, September 17th of that year at Corican Hall. Uh, and that was when he uh, was on the winning side of a tag match with Yutada, Yutaka Yoshi. They beat uh, Saido and Tatsu, uh, Tatsutoshi Gogo, Goto, not the current Goto, a different Goto. Uh, we have records of 35 losses between then. Uh, so he was living life as a young wrestler in New Japan, losing mostly in around five minutes or so until he finally got that one tag win. Uh, he had one MMA fight in Pancrase, which is an old uh, kind of an MMA work shoot promotion where most of the undercard were shoots, but they would work the main events to protect the stars. That's uh, one thing they did. King of Pancrase was a, a title that uh, Ken, Ken Shamrock held that for a while and things. Uh, he lost that fight, though, in the second round. Uh, in the second round, armbar submission right there. Again, Greco-Roman wrestler, so not really an MMA fighter. Uh, so mostly a mid-carder for all of uh, 2003. His record there was 32-71-1. Uh, and one. So working his way up, right? 
here's when the key happens. April 2004. He turns heel by becoming uh, fed up with all the losses. He dyed his hair blonde. He was just had his regular uh, dark hair there. Uh, started losing his matches by DQ, which is not something that's done in New Japan often and wasn't then either. Uh, Manabu Nakanishi and Kensuke Sasaki were frequent opponents, so while he was losing by disqualification, the quality of opposition was going up. He was starting to get attention by just breaking rules and going a little crazy. Uh, he was also starting to bring a little bit of whiskey to the ring, and I know he would drink out of this years uh, for the past years. He's been doing the spray bottle thing since the pandemic. Before that, he would drink out of a bottle of water and spray the mist in the air, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that was what he did during his introduction when they would introduce his name. That started out as whiskey. Uh, so a little bit of Uncle Nobu uh, there uh, before Nobu was doing it. So, he, you know, he was just the idea was this guy's coming down, uh, pounding down whiskey, beating the shit out of people <laughs> and getting DQ'd. Uh, so uh, some of his other opposition from that time was Adam Pierce, WWE commissioner, uh, Suzuki, uh, American Dragon. Brian Danielson is all in there. Uh, Tanahashi Masachono. So again, he's facing top guys at this point. Uh, and Adam Pierce, who wasn't bad, by the way, in New Japan. He was actually pretty good there. Uh, he joined up with Masachono's Black New Japan, which was the uh, uh, the shadow New Japan faction, anti-establishment group, uh, and then uh, began teaming up. Pre-Bullet Club before Bullet Club. Began to teaming up with Togi Makabe regularly. And this was his first real push all the way toward the top. He was at this point, he had risen from being an opening carter to somebody who would cause chaos in the mid card. Now teaming with Makabe, he made the finals of an IWGP under 30 open weight tournament, lost in the finals there to Tanahashi, but made the finals. And his first G1 was in 2005. So now he's all the way up to entering G1 tournaments. His uh, first in a regular series of matches with Suzuki was in September of 2005. So you wonder when they have that backstory of meeting up and Yano finding ways to stymie Minoru Suzuki. That goes all the way back to 05 when these two are tormenting uh, one another. And October 7th of that year, Yano and Takashi Izuka lost in Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi. That was their welcome back match after Nakamura and Tanahashi had gone to Mexico for a few weeks. So that was a pretty prominent spot right there. And yes, they lost it, but it was in the main event of Nakamura and Tanahashi. Sure. No shame uh, in that. <laughs> no, and he won his first title in Germany. Uh, actually, he in uh, October of 2005, he and Kendo Kashin won the EWP tag team titles. Uh, they faced uh, Robbie Brookside, Dave Taylor. So he started seeing some British style there, some of that uh, Blackpool uh, wrestling. Came back and dropped uh, the cheating when he came back to Japan and did not get DQ'd anymore. Uh, and this is part of the story, but he didn't have success. So he came back and he said, all right, I'm going to try to wrestle. And it, it didn't work. He kept teaming with Makabe, but he was still in the mid card until he began a different team with Tomohiro Ishii in March of 2006. That's when he began feuding with Makabe because he's blamed Makabe, dumped Makabe, teamed up with Ishii. That went through the summer and uh, it would be, he did not make that G1, but it would be big for him for another reason. Tenzan won the G1 that year. And he beat Satoshi Kojima in the finals. He also beat Masachono, his mentor. And uh, he announced that he was forming the GBH and leaving Black New Japan. So Tenzan beat Chono, won the G1, and said, I'm breaking away from Chono, and I'm going to form GBH Great Bash Heel. 
This is going to become very important for several people's careers. Makabe and Shiro Koshinaka were his first two additions. Ishii and Yano then joined up. So there it was. Uh, it stood for Great Bash Heel and also Grievous Bodily Harm, to give you an idea of how uh, GBH was portrayed at the time. So they were pretty violent heels at this point. Uh, Tenzan ended up having to take time off for injuries, go figure. And Makabe ascended to the leadership spot. Yano and Ishii were regular partners still at this point. And he won the WEW title, which is about the began, belt that began in FMW wrestling, passed through various promotions. Uh, so he was, at this point, an upper mid-card guy. He's not exactly having main events, but he is no longer losing in the mid-card or anything else there. He's starting to win belts in various places and things. He competed in the 2007 G1. He finished third in Block B, only two points behind Nakamura, only one behind Tanahashi. So he's starting to get figured into things. Eventually, Makabe turned again. And they formed the most violent players with Makabe and, and all that. So they, at this point, you know, they're in the GBH stable. Tenzan is kind of out of things. What year he is was, this? this is around 07. Okay. So Tenzan is, was supposed to lead the GBH stable. That was the plan, but he got hurt. And Makabe had taken it over. They were the top team in the company because when Tenzan did come back, Makabe overthrew him. He just said, you know, that, okay. that was the whole thing. Tenzan comes back and Makabe said, my group now. I'm not willing to give it back to you. Uh, they beat Giant Bernard and Travis Tonko to win the IWGP Tag Team wow, titles. On that is a blast from the past. On February 17th, 2008. So at this point... Makabe and uh, the most violent players, Makabe and Yano, are the world tag team champions. They took those titles all the way to the finals of the 2008 G1 Tag League, beating Nakamura and Goto in the finals before losing to Tenkozy. So obviously, Ten, you know, they they set that whole thing up with being overthrown, uh, and then Tenson teamed up with his old rival Kojima and faced off against the people that had tossed him out of his own group. So there you go. Uh, it took the most legendary tag team of the era to beat him, a 322-day reign for the most violent players atop the uh, – the, the, you didn't know all this, did you, that uh, Toriano at one point, main event level tag team uh, heel. I was not aware of it, but it doesn't surprise <laughs> me at the same time. Yeah, and, and in April of 2009, another key thing happened. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura left the Rise stable, R-I-S-E, and uh, he left Goto as a stablemate and formed Chaos. This is when Yano turned on Makabe in a big title match and joined up with Nakamura. And, uh, of course, Goto would later replace Nakamura in Chaos, but this was the formation of Chaos. So once again, uh, similar to Bullet Club, you don't have tr peaceful transitions of power anywhere. You're always overthrown by somebody. So at that point, the tag team, longtime tag team, most violent players was done. Nakamura and Yano went to the... Uh, semis of the G1 Tag League together. They lost to Prince Devitt and Reeveskate to Gucci. That was a big match there. And he faced Ron, Rob Van Dam in Wrestle Kingdom 5 in a hardcore match. So, some interesting things there about him. In 2010, he feuded with Hiroshi Tanahashi, including Yano and Masato Tanaka, cutting off some of Tanahashi's hair. And that led to a hair versus hair match at Dominion that year. And you can imagine the thought of Tanahashi having his head shaved, filling the girls with horror. Uh, and uh, that, that being terrifying, of course. Uh, Yana was the one that uh, took the head shaving in that one. Was that the end of the bleached hair or no? Uh, no, he had the bleached hair uh, for a little while longer after that, but it was, start, it was starting to come, 
come back a little bit. He feuded with Tajiri and a little bit more with uh, Makabe. So his matches were with powerhouses like Makabe, uh, ECW guys, uh, you know, Yoshihiro Tajiri, mm-hmm. doing really violent stuff uh, for the most part there. So he was in with bruisers or hardcore dudes. In May 3rd of 2012, he and Iska beat Tenkozy for the tag team titles again. Uh, but they went to a wild no contest with them in a return match on June 20th. So the titles were held up. And on uh, July 22nd, about a month later, they had a rematch. Tenkozy beat them to regain the titles. So that was where his two main IWGP uh, tag team title runs. His feud with Suzuki began as well and spilled over all the way into Noah when Suzuki-Goon were banished from uh, New Japan, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to go uh, be the top heels in Noah when New Japan was working with Noah. Uh, Ghetto and Jado were booking those two companies together at that point. And so that they sent that feud over there. He held the GHC tag team titles with Marafuji and also with, Iz- with Izuka at that point. So he was a, a Noah guy for a little while. And with this, that when he came back from that, when the Noah run was over, that is when we started to see the transition. Mm-hmm. Chaos began to follow the same pattern we've seen with other heel factions. They're the biggest assholes when they first form, right? You know, they're, they're the most hated. This happened with LIJ. It happened with Suzuki Goon when they came back at New Year's United Dash. Empire. United Empire. It's happened with, with with almost everybody. And until there's another group that comes along to take that crown. Well, Bullet Club began a couple of years after Chaos was formed. And then we saw Suzuki Goon. I mentioned LIJ. And only Bullet Club stays heel, even though they go through their own phases in order to stay that way. You know, right. Different guys uh, come in as leaders and things. And just like the other groups besides Bullet Club, Chaos evolved to babyface status, and Yano's violent behavior became directed toward heels. So, of course, the crowd was starting to pop for it. And then he began doing things to humiliate the heels. And that was intended to make them look silly, pull their pants down, tie them to the ring post, tie them to the barricades. Play the game. Yeah, just being silly. And And that made the crowd laugh, but that evolved into goofier and sillier behavior until the really violent stuff kind of faded away. And what we're left with is the clown prince style of Yano. We mentioned that also Tori Yano might be the smartest guy in the entire company because he can do this match for the rest of his life and never get hurt. But if you're looking at how he became this, it was really that the really more violent guy turns baby face and it's almost like how the, the, the sheep herders became the bushwhackers, you know, where uh, he turned almost into silliness instead of violence. Bro, there are so many different ways for longevity in this, in this business. Good for Yano. Good yeah, for Yeah, no, no. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And one of the, just a little codas to this is we're almost out of time. Uh, he did come back uh, and teamed with Ishii again and, of course, and formed the team within Chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and Makabe and Hanma in a three-day to win the tag team titles, lost them back to Tenkozy. And then the whole thing with Makabe, they began doing uh, – Makabe eventually saved him from a beating in late 2019. And believe it or not, Jeremy, that's the first time they had in storyline made peace since the formation of Chaos. That was the the first time that they like shook eight hands. Years. And, Seven and, years. Yeah, in 2019 was the first time they really did that. I remember and that of course, now. And, of course, they used him to create the P, uh, King of Pro Wrestling uh, title. He held the provisional title for the first couple How of years. How long, like two years? 
Yes, the first two, and uh, they did mostly goofy stipulations rather than the more uh, the more legitimized version that Shingo did with Taichi. Yeah, so there you have it, and that's kind of the evolution of Yano into what we see today. Awesome! I love it when Gallagher is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just make over myself so that I can keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm not gonna be doing these death matches anymore." That's not yeah, he also he has a lot of interests, and and, and if you look at his Instagram, he has he has a, a pretty highly regarded uh, bar restaurant. Do you things. think I you can Instagram? Weird. What can I say? You're too busy on the discords. Oh man, I'm too busy like that, trying to have a life. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. So, Jeremy, I just want to say thank you. We're glad you're back. Welcome back. Be back. And be back when we come week. back. When we come back next week, we're going to review these shows, the two Corican shows in Chiba. We're going to look ahead to the uh, shows coming up the following weekend. We'll talk about what's going on. We'll be uh, speaking a strong style every week here on out. Yeah. And, and Brad mentions one other thing. He was also the first never open weight six man champion with the Briscoes. So, yeah, that's also true. A lot of uh, things going on there uh, with Yano. I was just trying to shave some time. So, <laughs> uh, as it turns out, we are going to be back next week to review those shows, preview other things. Uh, anything else you want to add before we sign up? I just thank for watching, everybody. Really appreciate yeah. it. I have uh, a lot going on in my life, so I do not take it for granted that people are stopping listening to me wax poetic about New Japan Pro Wrestling as if I'm some kind of expert. I just thank you guys. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're grateful to all of you guys for watching us here live. Grateful to everybody who listens as a podcast or here on YouTube later. Just thank you. Like he said, we couldn't be luckier to do a show every week where we get to talk about the promotion that we love so much. And uh, because of you guys, we get to keep doing it. I'm wearing it. my pride from post wrestling right up here. Oh, yeah. That's your prize right there, isn't it? For your, for your G1 win. Very I well got done. a shirt and I got a hat. And I decided to wear the hat. And I was like, I got a nice yeah. hat on. <laughs> all right so for the g1 prediction winning uh, contest winning jeremy feinstone i'm stephen conway thanks for watching speaking of strong style or listening to it whatever works for you we're happy to have you and we will talk to you again very soon